Welcome to Warp Voyage of the Geek for another week. Um, in a very special show, our first uh, COVID-confined uh, studio hibernation show. Joining me as always, I've got Dan Miller, Tom McGill and Rick Legato coming to me via the interwebs. How are we, gentlemen? Fine and healthy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. all alone, separated. All alone at home and... Socially distant <laughs> and uh, almost alone, <laughs> and of course we're we're uh, doing this uh, because of our overwhelming obligation to society and the health and well being yeah. of our fellow mankind. Are we not? Yeah, and not just we hate people, and not just four meters. Yeah. We're like four hundred meters apart, <laughs> four and kilometers I, apart. I think Rick has yeah. um, Rick has hit on something uh, that. Might be a little close to home for me as well. I've been preparing for this virus for years. Yeah, yeah. There's so many comments you see online with people say, yeah, social distancing, be alone and isolated. Woo-hoo. It's my turn to shine. That's it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's I've been great to for this all my life. It's, it's great to have you all and it's great that our technology is working and hopefully we'll get through uh, the whole show and, uh, <clears throat> and bandwidth is uh, obviously getting pretty – pretty busy around this time um, with everybody being from working from home. So um, we're going to have a look at the 1981 Disney uh, venture into the superhero space, I guess we could, we could call it um, with the 1981 classic Condor Man, something that um, my childhood has I've got fond memories of this film. Uh, how were you guys connected to it? How did you find this film? Are you like me? You you saw it as a young kid? Tom, yeah. lead us off. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it in the German television. I do not remember. I, I remember a guy. I remember the, the total, the orange look, the, the condo, the wings, the, the look of the guy, the costume. And I remembered a car chase with... Ah, with yes. uh, Lots of black Porsches, but nothing else. Discussed. Nothing else stuck in mind. Yeah, you don't remember the um, uh, Natalia character. She was a she was a stunning woman. Um, and I think the the movie was uh, the audience that I was at that age loved the car chases and the oh, speedboats. Yes, of course. Um, what yeah. about you, Dan? Um, I remember it very distinctly, actually. Um, I went to the movies with my uncle. My uncle took us to the movies, took me and my sister to the movies, and we watched Condor Man. The best memory I have actually of it is in the in the car ride home. And uh, for some reason, my sister was, I don't know, she was really grumpy and she was sitting in the back. She didn't like it or something or other. And um, my uncle, who was driving, would randomly and intermittently sing out at the top of his lungs, <laughs> Condor Man! <laughs> <laughs> 
he'd even he'd even wind down the window a little bit and sort of stick his lips out the side of the window and go Condomen. Yeah, so it is annoyingly catchy. Made a big impression on him all the way home as well. Yeah, it was awesome. It's the entire um, uh, lyrics for the opening opening music is Condomen. What about you, Rick? Um, I actually didn't see it in the movies, but I did get it in on my Viewmaster. Oh, now yeah, explain, the, explain to the young, to the kids out there what a Viewmaster is, Rick. <laughs> well, Viewmasters, I, I suppose, one of the first bits of, I guess, 3D. Is that, hey, hey, you know, is that what it is? Was it 3D? Well, it certainly had stereo- stereoscopic um, yeah, lenses Yeah, it was a stereoscopic in it. viewer. And... and it looked like a um, one of those things you put on your face when you go to the optometrist. One of those, it's yeah. got eye place for your eyes, and it's this plastic thing, and it would have a, a button, and you'd press the button, and this cardboard reel of slides would move, and you'd get these three D scenes. It was, um, a, it was basically had, a slideshow, yeah. Yeah, mm. a three D slideshow. But was and, was it scenes from Condor Man in three D? Yeah. Where they, how they made them into actual 3D sort of looking. Yeah, that's cool. It could be. The, it could be the. Um, is it the red blue, Tommy? The, that that no, no, old I school think, 3D. No, no, no. It's a parallax thing. They had two images. It's a parallax One image. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For that's, each that's, pretty, that's pretty full on. I had probably the cheaper version of the uh, um, the view. What was it called again? The Viewmaster. Viewmaster. I had the Viewmaster. cheaper version, but yeah, it had a trigger on the side, didn't it? And it yeah. you, it advanced uh, um, every time you pulled the trigger. Um, they're probably worth a fortune if people have got one of those mint in the box at the moment. Yeah, I I, I had Mary Poppins. I had um, Herbie Goes Bananas. Oh, you had all the Disney them. classics. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it safe to say that we didn't see another superhero film? I can't think of one. I don't think there was another superhero film for Disney until they bought Marvel. My understanding is there was a line of superhero movies from Disney and Condor Man was the last one. <laughs> now, you can kind of read in that into space. that. That's right. And as we, as we sort of explain what's going on with this movie, perhaps that might come a little bit more into perspective awesome um so what we're going to do is um we break we tend to break the uh we used to we just blather for two hours about a film which tend to go longer than the film itself but now we've we've we're far more um disciplined and controlled about how we attack this this process we've got some segments um and we're going to break the uh our review of this film into a couple of episodes and this first episode is where we uh we hand over to dan he's going to have it take us on a bit of a journey through the narrative uh through the narration some of the uh some of the points of the film um and then uh we move into the next episode where we have a look at that narrative from a different perspective where Rick's going to have a look at some of the writing um, and some of the things associated with that writing and Tom also jumps in in episode two to look at some of the trivia the facts and figures of the film and then in part three of our review for this particular film yeah, is basically my chance to test whether these guys were paying attention to the film where we have a bit of a quiz and uh, we've got uh, some cool names, some cool intro music and uh, so let's not waste any time. Let's get into our first uh, segment which is Dan's What the Plot. 
right. So let's uh, discuss the story. So <clears throat> normally what we'll probably try to do is uh, build up a sort of a description of the story, starting with a sort of a quick description and then just sort of build up um, larger and larger, but and then go through it in a little bit of detail. But I think we first need to just talk about the characters to get that kind of, kind of started. And the first character that we have is... Uh, the hero of the story, and uh, that's Woody Wilkins. And Woody Wilkins is played by Michael Crawford. Um, famous for a few other things. Absolutely. Um, including... Well, was he famous in America, though? He was very famous in the UK and Australia. Well, what was, was he, he famous? famous? What was he most famous for? Well, I, for my mind, it was Frank Spencer. He was. He yeah. was his. Some uh, mothers do have them, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Well, there's kind of well, two things he was so, famous for. It's some mothers do have them. <laughs> do have them? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where he plays a beret wearing klutz um, with a very effeminate. Um, some would almost say straying into the camp voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he literally... Oh, the cat's done a whoopsie on the rug. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's married in it and, and literally goes through things like a, a driving test, uh, all sorts of things. And he ends up just absolutely destroying the physical comedy in that series is, is pretty full on. But to a very large section of the population, he's more famous for something else, isn't he, Dan? He's more famous for Phantom of the Opera. And for the people who yeah. used to watch Michael Crawford in this um, campy, cheesy, um, monstrously slapstick um, British comedy, it was a bit of a shock to the system to see him turn up in uh, Phantom of the Opera, singing yep. around, singing all the songs and stuff. So anyway, that's what he's famous for. Um, our next character is Natalia Rambova. Mm-hmm which is a pretty cool name. Uh, and that's Barbara, Barbara Carrera. And I don't know, she must have been in a whole bunch of other things. Can anybody think off the top of their head? I'm not really sure. Not she became sure. a Bond girl afterwards. I oh, was well, she? Well, a Bond villain. I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. Bond villain. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah, no, she it. did too. Um, and I thought she was the sister of another villainess. Agent Carrera? Yeah, no, there's a... Um, you know the the um, James Cameron movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger called True Lies. Um, there's a female Tia Carrera. That's Tia Carrera. That's Tia Carrera, and I Still thought a it, different name. They only have. I the, thought they the were sisters because they look very similar, but no, nothing to do with no. one. No. Okay, so there's Woody Wilkins and then there's Natalia. So there's Woody, who's the hero, and then there's Natalia, who's essentially the love interest. And then there is Harry o- uh, Oslo, played by James Hampton, who's a rather famous actor, yes. um, who is literally starred in, I think, literally exactly about a million movies. Yeah, he's been a lot of stuff. Probably never never, never as a main ever. character. No, never as the main character, always the sort of secondary sidekick, which is what he does in this movie. Um, there's also another rather famous actor. Um, now, his name's a little odd. Dana, I think it's Dana. Dana Elka. Oh, I don't know quite Dana how. Dana. Oh, okay, yes. Yep. Um, Dana Elka. <laughs> anyway, he plays um, he plays Harry's boss. So yes. that, that's the kind of heroes. So we've really got a, a main hero, love interest and a sidekick, and then there's a random boss character who turns up every now and again. And then we've got two baddies. And yeah, the baddies they're good baddies. Is, um, they're good baddies. They are good. They are good baddies because it's played by uh, – one's called um, Sergei um, Krokov, 
and he's played by Oliver Reed. Which I think the uh, personality, I think the personality of, um, I think Krokoff's character is one of Oliver Reed's personalities. It does um, look like it, yeah. It be, <laughs> yeah. Yes, Oliver Reed he does it so well. Yeah, I've got a feeling <laughs> it's so one scared. of the many just, faces just, that he sees in the mirror is that character. Yeah. He just I don't needs know. to look at the camera and you get a bit scared. Yeah. Or intimidated. Yeah. I think somebody in a, in a review, because I, I read lots of stuff about the movie, somebody uses used the word, the scenery biting Oliver Reed <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> and, and I thought... Not that he actually bites the scenery at any time. It's just that that notion. Um, he gets very shouty in the movie. Very it's shouty. Overacting, yeah. It's, it's a <laughs> endearing term. He's famous, so he's chewing. He's famous for getting on the piss and going on talk shows and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. And of course, yeah, he died. Yeah. He died halfway through Gladiator. And yeah, um, it was a part wasn't and, he? And like massive drinker. He, he's mm. his insides would be pickled. Um, and yeah, he, he, he was, he, there were demons and I think his fight with those demons is what we saw through those characters that, uh, that he brought to the screen. He was, um, he was an impressive actor. So he's playing the chief bad guy. He's the, the mustache twirling, shouty bad guy. But he's also dead straight in it. It's a bit of a comedy movie, but he's like playing it serious as a friggin' heart attack in this yeah. in this thing. And anyway, he's got an offsider, which is his henchman, you know, the evil henchman. Morovic. Morovic. You've got to roll yes, your R's. Morovic. Morovic. <laughs> and and, uh, and what is, what's his unique trait, his unique uh, um, feature? Yeah, I, I saw it described that he has a glass eye. He doesn't have a glass eye. He has he a, a chrome eye. eye. That's right. Thank you. Steel chrome eye. He so has he no depth perception. That's what he has, <laughs> yeah. which, which becomes his undoing at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, and it's it, by, it, wasn't, um, for, for you guys, was it interesting to watch a movie with the KGB, with the bad guys? Um we grew up in a world where the KGB were the bad guys, you know what I mean? It was mm. the so many movies were based around. Mm. And then as we got older, it's more about terrorism and, and because they were the bad guys. And to mm. step back into that, that 1980s era where the KGB were really always at the heart of all the problems. Um, even even when you watch Get Smart, you know, really you were sort of looking at the KGB. They just called them chaos. <laughs> Yeah, it was an interesting yep. time, actually. Don't want to sidetrack us too much. But, yeah, there was – it wasn't like there was a hot war. There was the Cold War. So all these movies had this obvious bad guy regime that they could, like, launch their heroes against. Whereas nowadays it's like, well, who are you going to fight? You know, uh, some weirdo. I don't know. All right. Very good. Um, so let's break this up. This story could be really – it could be, like – I was thinking about it maybe in the terms of a journey of the hero. I don't think it really is a journey of the hero. Yeah. So I went for a sort of a three-act structure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so act one um, of the story sees our character, our hero character, Woody Wilkins. He's essentially on the Eiffel Tower in a condor man suit. An ornithopter <laughs> hand-operated flappy-winged condor man suit. <laughs> I thought it was clever how they introduced that right at the start with the opening yeah, credits I so too. because it's a Disney film and they immediately show you that it's a comedy. They show you who the main guy is, that he's bumbling so, and foolish flying around. I like maybe the I jumped cartoon. a little bit. 
Yeah, I jumped opening. a little bit forward. There was the, the cartoon opening. That was really well done, wasn't it? It was yeah. great. Although the aerodynamic um, capabilities of the cartoon character made it all the more disappointing when you saw Woody uh, <laughs> jump off the Eiffel Tower with his wings for the first time. <laughs> so, yeah, the cartoon character, which is a cartoon over live-action background, was like flapping and zipping and zagging and yeah. bashing into things and falling down and all sorts yep. of things. So, yes, what happens when um, Woody um, leaps into the air with his hand-driven ornithopter condoman suit? It doesn't end well, and he ends up... Falls in the, into the drink. In the, is, yes. is the, well... Is it the Rhine? What's the, what's the river that goes through? The Seine. The Seine, the Seine. that's Paris. the Seine, Rhine. Um, the Seine. The, the Seine. The, um, I think it's worth noting, too, if we don't circle back and talk about it, there were some tracking shots in that um, opening mm. sequence because mm. because it's live footage background and cartoon over the top. At one point, he the, the Condor Man character crashes into the windscreen of a bus or a truck, and then the bus... The camera is moving, so it's a moving shot, which we all know is a fucking nightmare to track at the best of times, um, unless you have all the details. But the bus is actually moving as well. So the character, the 2D comic character, is actually mapped perfectly to the front of the bus as the bus comes towards the camera. Yeah, yeah. And so the, okay. the, yeah, it's a, it's worth mentioning anyway. If we don't circle back, it's um, it was, I thought, uh, very whoever was involved with that in 1981, um, they did a pretty good fucking job. It was Black yes. Disney Studios. It's a Disney <laughs> film, so they should be able. Like, if anyone could do it, it's them. It could have been. So yes, they were could have been Lasseter. On top it could have been one of these. Right? Could have been one of these guys that went on to Pixar. It might have been Lasseter. Give yeah. me a minute, and I'll look it up in the credits. <laughs> it's probably in there. Go for it, but Dan. Dan. You go continue. All right. So, so um, Woody then then jumps off, and he kind of flaps his wings, and then he kind of kind of crashes. So uh, his Suit doesn't work that very, you know, works so very well. Um, but his mate Harry, so this is the off- offsider, Harry Harry Oslo, is there to sort of pick up the pieces, and they pick up the pieces and say, "Shucks, gosh, damn it, that didn't work very well," and then they go off home. Right? Can I tell you something interesting mm-hmm. to yep. get you off track again? The okay. title animator was a guy called. Um, Michael Cedino, and I thought, okay, fine. There's Disney Studios. They just took one of their animators, one of their good ones, maybe, and or maybe one of the not so good ones to, to do the titles. It turns out Condor Man was his first film. Oh. And then he went off to animate on The Fox and the Hound, Little Mermaid, Rescuers Down Under, Princess, every Disney movie since he has been an animator on. Wow. Wow. But wow. Condor Man was the first time, the first movie that he's being credited for. No wonder That's they held on to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. Well, it huh? looks like at the moment the movie's getting upstaged by its own title sequence. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> shut up now. <laughs> no, 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 it's like... We're on the clock. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's really well done. And as Dave was saying, the matching up the, the cartoon character with the live background plate so that the Condor Man smacks into a bus and then the bus drives off with him smacked on the front was very well done. Mm. All right, so we have to now, uh, we head back home to Woody's studio and um, we find out that Woody is a cartoon character, a cartoon artist who makes cartoon comics and he has a whole bunch of um, drawings all around him and he's he's doing a few drawings. Condor Man's Um, his main character, yeah? Condor Man's his main character. Condor Man has not debuted yet. Condor Man is getting ready for its first issue. Oh, he hasn't released. Other characters are... Gopher Boy, 
and there was some other that he mentioned. Go for oh, boy really? and somebody Bazooka yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bazooka and Jim. Yeah, Bazooka Jim and strangely Sponge Man is another <laughs> yeah, one of his characters. <laughs> Possibly no, no, the... Nobody in the world knows Condor Man at this and point And what's the time. theory as to why he needed to jump off the Eiffel Tower, Dan? What's his premise? Why does because, he have to do that? Because um, um, Woody is a... You know, <laughs> he likes to make sure that his um, cartoons that he's developing are are authentic. Yes, you know? it wouldn't be it wouldn't be right or proper. You know, if he was to depict in his cartoons anything that he wouldn't be willing to do himself, or to, like a MythBuster somehow yeah. proved it that it to be could actually be done to appear yes. in order to appear in one of his comics. It had to be doable. And the and reasoning is because otherwise the kids would wouldn't believe it. That's right. <laughs> They'd see through it in a second. <laughs> Those kids, they would not believe it. Wow. Okay, so... Um, and what about his Harry? Well, hang on. The next question with Harry is, where is Woody's studio? That's what I want to know. What's his, where is its physical location? Like is it normally? His actual or, studio? Right, no, or the, is... the one... No, Woody's studio in the movie... Oh, it's in just Paris. It's in Paris. It's crashing on Harry's sofa. Yeah, because I got the impression that it was somehow it was in the USA, but yeah, that obviously can't be in, in. Well, how can it be in New York and next to the Eiffel Tower? No, well, no, Harry says this line, and and it's it's got exposition, um, deliberate exposition written all over it, <laughs> where he says, "Stand so all over it." Take this for instance: you come to visit me in in Paris, and because you want to get the feel of it, and you because Condor Man's uh, next episode is going to happen in Paris or whatever. Um, but he actually makes a point of saying that uh, there's plenty of homegrown um, action in New York. I don't know why you need to be here sort of thing. So I got the impression he's based in New York, but he's he's lounge couch surfing yes. with his buddy in Paris. Yes, right. and why, when, why won't he write about New York? What's his Because he says excuse? Superman has it. <laughs> Superman oh, that's has right. New York. That's right. Under- that's, right. That's, right. <laughs> that's right. So let's just go through what he's thinking. He's like, oh, I'm going to develop a character. He's going to be called Condo Man. I'd better go to France to ensure that he can jump off the Eiffel Tower yep. and fly his condor wings, yes, right? Exactly. I'm sure that in the 19, sense, early yeah. 1980s, the, the, there weren't many French superheroes uh, or superhero stories coming out of France. <laughs> Just like but, today. But there were plenty of, of, of superheroes in New York. Superman was not one of them. No. But they could have done Spider-Man. Spider-Man was well known in the early 80s. Yep. Daredevil, maybe not so much, but yeah, there were, that, would have been that characters man. that. Just Batman the mention, just either. the mention of Superman in this script would have probably meant some kind of approval. Maybe, um, yeah, yeah, because Condor Man, as far as I'm aware, is not a Marvel-related character. So to yeah. to, um, uh, sorry, Marvel DC. So to actually bring a DC character into your script and mention him on your motion picture, that wouldn't have been it, cheap. It could have been a nod to the Superman film. Mm. Right, so ah, Superman yes. film, was Superman that what eighty two or something? 83? 80, uh, 78. So it was like three years, okay, three years before. Disney had just done it, really. Just done so, it. Almost just done it. Well, Superman is not a Disney. It's film, not Disney. Is it? That's a Solcoin, no. wasn't it? No. Yeah, Solcoin Brothers or Solcoin. Ah, but it had been very successful. So Disney said, "Hey, let's make a superhero film because superhero mm-hmm. films are the mm-hmm. thing at the moment." Mm-hmm. So that's why they made Condor Man. And so this might be just a, a wink. Because everybody knows that Superman is a superhero, and that that might be why they have 
why, why they felt the need to mention him. Yeah, yeah, just uh, to put him in the right genre. But I, th- I thought I'd mention that Marvel actually made the uh, movie tie-in comic of Condor Man. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, let's, let's save that stuff for the, the trivia. Oh, yeah. Um, because, and this is something that you might want to pick up on. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I just, I don't want to steal your guys' thunder for later on, right? Um, I'm now looking, as I'm studying this movie, I'm now looking for the inciting incident, right? Ah, So we've, we've, we've understood that there are the characters and there are two friends. Oh, and we also learned that Harry is offsider is, um, is works for the CIA. CIA guy. Yes. Yep. Um, and so now we're looking for the inciting incident to kick off the whole story. Um, and for me, this is where the thing, the, the movie starts to get a bit weird because yeah. the inciting incident, what's the next step that happens in the story is that the camera moves away from Condor Man, from, from Woody Wilkins, yep. and it goes over to the CIA offices mm-hmm. where Harry's working randomly. Yep. And it just asks, and then Harry's boss, Dana, what's his name, who we were talking about before? Mm. Ross. Ross. Dana Ross. He asks Harry. Dana Elka is the actor. Sorry, yeah, he's yeah. the actor. The, the, the boss's um, name is Ross, Russ Devlin. Oh, Russ. yeah, Russ Devlin, That's which right. is much cooler. So Russ Devlin asks um, Harry, you know, we're going to need somebody to do a bit of a job for us. Yeah. And um, it's a simple job. You just got to take some papers from A to B, you know. <clears throat> it has to be a civilian. That's right. It has yes, to be a regular be civilian for some reason, plot, plot. Plot insert plot here. Shove plot in here, um, and it's going out to um, Constantinople slash Istanbul, whatever it was called in those days. Uh, and so that's kind of the inciting incident, right? But it doesn't really involve Woody himself. Oh well, the and it, the instigation of the yeah. inciting incident doesn't involve Woody, but the inciting the inciting incident is Woody's. Do you know what I mean? Like it's 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 his story. It just so happens that somebody else, somebody else's circumstance brought it to be, but kicked it off. Yeah, but it's still about his journey. journey. Yeah. True. What were you going to say, Tom? Sorry. No, I was up until now. I was in two minds about whether this is even the inciting incident or whether the story proper picks off when he goes on his second mission to to help um, Natalia. Um, Yes. Yep. So, and that's a very uh, good point. But yeah. actually, the first, but right now with this first inciting incident, as it were, he is leaving his normal status quo and he's going on in, into the, the the upside down. You know, he's going into mm. the weird world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So probably it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably correct to call I, it that. I was with Tom as well. It's hard to think of an inciting incident happening so early in the film. In, in a film or in a story, normally the first act has to sort of boil up a little bit. Uh, mm, we have to establish true. characters, but I don't feel that those characters weren't established when we hit that. No, they do a lot of talking, yeah. a lot of exposition talking. Yeah. Okay, so there's another important point that happens next, and perhaps this is part of the inciting incident, I'm not sure. But um, Harry goes over to, to Woody's place and says, hey, look, Woody, we've got to do a job for the CIA, and um, it's just got to take some papers over to Istanbul. It's pretty easy. Um, what do you think? Do you want to do it? And Woody's response is gushingly yes. Mm, yes. Are we correct? <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. He says, 
hell yeah, I want to do it. You know, this is the sort of thing. Yeah. This is yeah. the sort of thing that I'm all about, right? I go all the way to France with my my winged suit so that I can authentically jump off the actual Eiffel Tower because that's going to be important for some reason to test it out. So he's very keen and, and he wants to go and do the, do the thing. And all of that <coughs> attitude is established by how he presents himself at the train station doesn't you know he's in the he's in the, <laughs> the long jacket and the uh the dark sunglasses he he thinks he's a spy you know he thinks he's so he's over enthusiastic for this this opportunity now just put a little pin in this because i'm going to return to this later on okay. all right yep okay so let's put a little pin in that um so yes and dave's correct he turns up and he's all like a you know like a buffoon he's all dressed up <laughs> totally conspicuously pretending is to be this, inconspicuous is this, this is after the pink panther as well right pink panther was already yeah. yes it already existed um, yes already existed so there's a nod to yep. that as well i think the, the yeah. bumbling yep. yeah so yeah 1963 yeah. of course yeah uh, james bond there's a whole bunch of things obviously all, all mm -hmm. mixed inside here mm -hmm. all right so he goes off to istanbul and uh somehow we find ourselves very quickly in some sort of restaurant and that's where the meeting's going to take place. And he's got this a suitcase chained to his arm with a secret papers in it that he's going to um, hand over to this Russian agent. And the first person that he bumps into happens to be the Russian agent, and it is none other than Rambova, Natalia, the um, the, the bear. bear. <laughs> that is that we don't find out about. Yeah, we don't want to know why she's called the bear. <laughs> there was a very um, Inspector Clouseau feel about that whole uh, Istanbul mm. uh, restaurant scene, isn't it? Like that whole sequence. This is. It's the whole. The some mothers scene. do have them, right? Yeah. So, yep. Everything it played so right into his physical, uh, physical sort of comedy wheelhouse. Slapstick. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he embarrasses himself, he does stupid things, he um, orders the wrong drink. A you triple. Know, he, he orders, yeah, he gets in a one-upmanship battle with the, the waiter and instead of ordering just a, what is it, it's a, like a Istanbul freight train drink, yes. you know, he says, I'll have a triple, you know, and it turns out to be... Well, yeah, it goes a double and then when the waiter says, oh, nobody has a double. Nobody orders a double. <laughs> he upgrades. Upgrade yeah. to a triple then. <laughs> and the, vis the the physical effect uh, of the uh, flames coming out of his mouth, I thought was done really well. For, for that was done excellent. Compared to some of the other effects in this film, that one really stood out as you, you, whoever did that nailed it. Okay, so now we have to just stop, and I don't want to steal too much trivia, but we have to do a little trivia thing here. Now, when he's ordering the drink and he's ordering the triple, we know another famous secret agent who has a special drink that he likes... James Bond, right? Absolutely, yeah. yes. Now, James Bond likes his... Um, Shaken, not stirred. What, what, what is it? It's a martini. It's a what vodka is it? martini. Yeah. Vodka martini. He likes a shaken, not stirred. That's right. Now, is there anything odd about that? The answer to that question is yes. Okay, yes. 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 Now, Just a normal stirred. Right. Now, I don't know nothing about vodka martinis. I don't know nothing. Yeah. But apparently, you always stir it. You don't fucking shake it. Right. You it's idiot. about bruising something. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Bruising the... Yeah, yeah shaking makes it more opaque. The, it mixes them. Stirring keeps it clear. Yeah. yeah. Shaking the, makes it more opaque. I think opaque, it's to do with the ice. Like when you put ice in a shaker and you shake a, a clear alcohol, what happens is it steams up. It sort of... Uh, it goes that 
that opaque glassiness, yes. But if you stir it, it stays crystal clear. So when James Bond goes in there and says, I'll have a vodka martini, shake it up, stir it. He's actually, he's actually pulling a Frank Spencer. He's like, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've just given yourself away as a, as a goofball. But, but somehow that gets sort of flipped around to be the coolest thing ever because James Bond wants that. <laughs> so anyway, um, all right, moving right along. Um, so there's a big sort of a fight scene. It's a comedy fight scene where he's sort of bumbling and he accidentally turns around with his suitcase and knocks out a bad guy. And a bad so, guy throws so a dagger. Isn't it? Yeah, throws a dagger at him and he just happens to lift up his suitcase randomly and it sticks in his suitcase. The dagger sticks in his suitcase. And there's a there's a magic moment in that in that sequence when he sort of goes behind a petition and the, and a guy follows him and he accidentally sort of ducks out of the road and the guy punches the steam button on the <laughs> cappuccino <laughs> machine and that's how he dispatches the guy and then to her what she sees is is the bad guy running from behind the petition holding his face as if he just got <laughs> smashed by Woody and mm-hmm. while she's looking at she there's this really cool shot where she comes into into shot sees the bad guy go past her and she's still looking at the bad guy exit the room but Woody just comes around from behind the petition and he's got this look on his face like, holy fuck, what the fuck just happened sort of thing. And then, <laughs> But she's thinking he's a superhero, right? Because mm-hmm. he, he's just mm-hmm. dispatched all these guys. And then she turns to him and his face just drops into the superhero face. And yeah, all yeah, that yeah. is in this one shot. I think it's really cool. And the whole time he's covered in cake. He's be, you know, because yeah, he's been yeah. thrown on, on trolleys and full that's of where desserts. the music changes at that point. That's because right. if up to that point, she thought of him a little bit as, as an amusing sort of civilian. Yep. Because she sees through him playing himself up as, as Condo Man and flouting his code name about That's right. Yeah, he calls but himself Condo Man when he goes in there as well. At that point, when she sees him coming out, that's when the when her theme, when Henry Mancini's music starts playing her love theme, music, and that at that point, because he beats up some Turks, yep. she decides. Well, she falls oh, in love with him. Me. She she puts the yeah. uh, puts the kiss on him. Mm-hmm. In that moment, in all in that one scene, it's all the same camera shot. All right, so um, Natalia learns that learns that Condor Man is some sort of impressive dude. We, as the audience, know that he's a bit of a bumbling, bumbling idiot, and um, they go their separate ways, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the story zips over to Natalia coming home after a long day at, at work. Istanbul. Yep. She's actually like a secret agent. She comes home, and you know she. There's this the classic scene where he goes into her house and she's turning on lights and she's throwing down her bag and all sorts of stuff. And um, Oliver Reed is sitting in the dark with a glass of wine hanging out in a lounge room. <laughs> and she comes in and is like, hello, my dear. So, um, okay, so what actually looks normal. Yeah. Sitting in the dark having a drink with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's probably not acting for him. It's he's probably in done that, that many times. In that scene we get introduced to his um acting choice for the entire film, which was to whisper. <laughs> to whisper <laughs> He didn't speak yeah. very loud and then all of a sudden he starts yelling <laughs> at people and then he goes back to a whisper again. So he has to listen very closely. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That's the scenery chewing I think that we spoke spoke about earlier. Yes. So there's something going on, and um, I watched the movie a couple of times, and I'm not really sure what was going on. Um, so I'm going to have a stab at it. Um, 
Sergey's doing something with some Arabs in Monte Carlo, yes. and he needs uh, Natalia to be a hostess to the friends, but now he doesn't wanted to do that anymore and he needs to get her re-educated and he's angry with her for some reason did she anybody understand spotted. quite yeah yeah he says uh, yeah he's he's not happy with her because she was made by yeah. a chinese spy Agent, yeah. but where was chinese the chinese Agent? there was no chinese was the no there was oh, yeah, yeah the one came past the table and then he was the guy that informed the hoons that end up starting the fight with woody he was the only guy in the restaurant with the, <laughs> with the actual sunglasses for those, on. For the nine frames that that Chinese guy was in he's, the... In he's the in friggin- it twice. He's in... <laughs> no, he's he in... Uh, when they advance, he's there when um, they first meet or Woody first comes in mm. and then you see him uh, dispatch the goons. Yep. Yeah, she sees that she makes out. She makes the the Chinese dude, and That's then she right. gets up and says, "Oh, That's I have to leave." That's what gives now. her the G, yeah. the the sense that she has to leave is because yeah. the Chinese agent made her. And all, on, and on top of that, um, well, what's his name? Old Oliver um, Krokov um, has a thing with Natalia. Yes, and the way she speaks oh, yeah, about yeah. this condor man makes him jealous and grumpy. Yes, I yeah. think yep. you're right. So, and I love how we mix up the names. Oliver Krokov is <laughs> nobody in the movie was called Oliver Krokov. That's normally right. Dan's realm. So there's something something going on with Chinese Monte Carlo people and yeah. all sorts of things, right? Yeah. Um, well, so she, then we zap probably back. probably important probably worth mentioning in that scene too, Dan, when she comes back and he's in the apartment. He says. I don't like what you what happened. So you're. I'm going to send you back to training. Um, yeah, re-education. And I, and I think that is the catalyst for her decisions about to happen. Her decision to yes. defect. So yes, no, that is true. And we, as the audience, have to think back to that conversation to kind of remember that. But yeah, that's kind of when she d- decides. But in the story, we don't know that yet, just yeah. yet. Yeah. So we zip back to Woody who's in a sort of a, um, a euphoric daze. Mm-hmm. And because he's a cartoonist, he's drawing, <laughs> he's like covered the walls in yes. pictures of Natalia um, all over the place. Yes. And he's just invented his new comic book character. And what is he named? Uh, the sweet Natalia as in his comic Laser book. lady. The laser lady. <laughs> laser lady. Which is a really cool name for 1981, but it's a bit lame. <laughs> <laughs> As oh, we he's go obsessed further into with history, lasers. He into wants a car with lasers. He wants a boat with lasers. Right. I he's think he's pretty lame in 1981. Well, the, the thought of lasers being weapons um, mm. was still really, really strong in those days. And then we, as we got more mm. educated, we thought, well, as a weapon, you know, we we have to put a lot of power into that beam of light yeah, to yeah, get anything to happen. It's essentially a torch, you know. But anyway. Um, okay, so then we just have to zip over and do another plot point. So we have to wrap up the um, how well the um, the document handoff has just done. So we're, we're back over with um, Harry and um, Dana, what's his name? Russ? Russ? Russ the, so we're in the, uh, the seat. Yeah, nobody in the movie called Dana Ross, Dan. <laughs> with the, uh, There's Diana the Ross. CIA, <laughs> Diana Ross, famous CIA uh, crew. Diana Ross. Yep. Pop singer. Would be, oh, cool if, would be cool if she was in the movie, actually. Uh, 
but we're okay. So we're over with the CIA and they're kind of wrapping up. And um, so they wrap up and that was cool. That, that, that all worked really good. But Russ Devlin says that, you know, um, we've heard that there's a Russian agent, the bear, who, who needs, who's going to defect. And uh, the, the bear will only defect to the best, you know, agent that the Americans have, and that is Condor Man. That's right. And so um, there's a pretty cool scene where um, Devlin is saying, you know, so who, who we have is anybody Condor called Man? Condor Man? <laughs> and Harry tries to convince him that Condor Man is a cartoon character and not actually real until he works out that there's only one person who would have named himself Condor Man, and that was his idiot mate, Woody, Woody Wil- Wilkins, or whatever his name That's is. Willie Watkins. Willie Watkins. Watkins. He plays Willy that role well, Harry, you know, the... Um, Oh, Wilkins, you know, that, not Watkins. That dumbfounded by the moment uh, uh, acting. Um, Harry does that quite well. He does it a couple of times in the film, and it's actually quite. Um, it's it, he. I think he, for the role that he's in the film for, he does a pretty good job. Yeah, he's a bit of a character actor as well. We're talking about the Harry guy, whatever his name is. What he's made million movies. I like the, the realization. When, when he realizes that it's his friend. Yes. Yeah. And he has to sit he, down. He, and he sort of slumps down. He sort of down. flops back into the chair. That was, that was <laughs> yeah, a yeah. I think that, I know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So remember we put a pin in something before. Just a little jog of your memory. So they're going to need to get the bear. And the bear will only defect to Condor Man. So they have to go over to Woody Wilkins' place and try and convince him to do the, do the job. Right? It's actually so when they, Russ's place. That's right. Russ's place? Yep. It's oh, Russ's it's Harry. Place. It's Harry's place. <laughs> oh, sorry, Harry. No, you're right. You're right. No, it's Harry's place. When Harry, when Harry met Woody. <laughs> it's Krokov's place. Yes. Okay. So they go over. Whatever. Now, they ask him oh. to help um, get this Russian agent to defect. Yeah. And what is Woody Wilkins' response? Um, it's the danger take a long Look walk off a short pier like he literally he literally says it. he doesn't want a bar of it because he nearly got shish kebobbed by three Turkish behemoths in uh, in Istanbul so well, says, oh, hell no hell no he says so hell no but the moment he realises that the bear is Natalia he immediately yep. says yep I'll yep. do it yep on his well, terms though so, on his terms like- that is true that is true shit he dangles her life. He says, I'm not going to do it unless I get my toys. Yeah. Unless That's I get selfish. my weird... Okay. Ah, yeah. Unless yeah. I get my weird comic book shit brought to life, I'm not going to do nothing. Okay, so it's a bit weird that, um, you know, he was all super enthusiastic before, but now he suddenly decided, just when the plot needs him not to, he decides he's not enthusiastic for yep. taking it, you know, for taking it real. But anyway... So, yes, he agrees when he finds out that, you know, because... They match up all these drawings. He's got his room cut plastered with the drawings. They say, hey, that's the bear. You want to rescue her? And he says, oh, yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. So, yeah, but there's only one condition, and that is that all the crazy stuff in one of his random comic books they want the CIA to make over the weekend and send it to him in a box or something or other so that he can monkey around with it when he's doing stuff. Yep. 
All right. So that's kind of the second inciting incident. And that brings to, brings us to the end of, I think, Act 1. And yeah, this is so. where Act 2 starts. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> proper now in yeah, I think you're bang Yugoslavia. On. Sometimes the inciting incident, it doesn't have a close proximity to the end of it, of the first act. Um, sometimes mm. it's right up against it and it can be easily determined that it's in fact this inciting incident that takes us into the second act but other times it's not it's sometimes it can happen a little earlier and then you've got to see cause and effect a little bit before it's you're into that second uh you get that second wind in a story and this this one feels a bit like that doesn't it yeah i would have to argue that's that's the more common yeah, yeah. because you have to have time for the um, reluctant hero he has to be yeah. reluctant he needs to refuse the call yeah. Well, that was my point here, yeah. that, that when he yeah. does refuse the call, that's actually out of character, mm. that mm. Woody Wilkins would have accepted the call on a yeah. on a dime. He would have said, hell yeah, count me in, mm. you know? Yep. Um, that's why it seems a bit contrived. That well, it was nearly shish kebab. It was. Uh, Maybe it's PTSD from, you know, the incident in, in Istanbul. He might not have had counselling. He, he might have been traumatic for him. Yeah. I think... I think Woody Wilkins is a stupid enough person to believe his own propaganda and forget that he's almost shish kebobbed and, uh, yeah. and uh, be up for more instantaneously. Anyway, I think you're right there. Yeah. Anyway, um, so the defection is going to happen in Yugoslavia. And um, so we head over there and um, Rambova, Natalia Rambova is hiding in a bush. That's right. And some old dude they're, they're comes dressed up to as us. gypsies. They're dressed as gypsies. I love that scene. Um, interject here for, for the young ones. Yugoslavia is a country that no longer exists. That's right. The former, the former, <laughs> Yugoslavia. former Yugoslavia. What is it now? Educate me. Uh, the Cro- country formerly known as uh, Croatia. Oh, is it really? Um, Serbia. Serbia and um, what's the other Herz- one? Herzegov- Herzegovina. Uh, Kosovo. Oh, yeah. Kosovo. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's all. Broke up into multiple. Yeah, Should we say I don't know how the many? Baltic region. Yeah. Okay, so she's hiding in a bush. Mm-hmm. Um, Woody Wilkins is dressed up as a gypsy. Yep. And she says, "What the hell are you doing? I'm trying to defect." And then he pulls down his fake moustache and says, "Look, it's me, it's me." And she says, "Aha!" And then a bunch of bad guys turn up. Yes, I love that scene where he's literally revealing the escape plan as they walk around the corner in in front of the bad guys and the bad guys literally finish his sentence about about the escape plan that he's got up his sleeve yeah yes so his escape plan part of his escape plan he's got a bond trick he got a trick up his sleeve he's got a, a cane that has a machine gun in it right. and uh so that saves the day uh except he's still doing his cartoon tomfoolery he's still you know the clown and he like shoots the machine gun in all thousand different directions manages misses to not hit natalia anybody. by inches many times <laughs> yes and yeah. you know shoots it all around does not and then when it's out of bullets, he goes, okay, no, no, it doesn't kill anyone. But even Natalia, who was almost <laughs> skewered by it, just gets up and says, all right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He almost kills her, the stupid bumbling fool. But yep. that just gets, yeah, ignored. And it doubles up as a, as a knock me out stick as well. That's right. All right. So that's that done. And we're out of that little story beat. Mm-hmm. See you later. Meanwhile, back in Monte Carlo, um, Sergey, right? Is super pissed off because of the defection, right? So he well, knows he's not in Monte Carlo yet, guys, doesn't he? I think he's. Based- we're, we're, 
Where do you we think are he moving, is? We are moving all over the planet in this, yeah. or all over Europe and Northern Africa in this in this film, which is really nice. Okay. But he's at the moment in in Moscow, as far as I got my things okay. correct. But yeah. he calls the the hench, the KGB crack team of stunt drivers. That's right. Mm-hmm. Killers. And they the, are. What are they called? The Petro. The Brognoviach. Brognoviach. But they must be stationed right in Yugoslavia. there in Yugoslavia. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because the, local, right. the local villages know them by the sound of their engines. <laughs> Just echoing through the uh, valleys is enough to <laughs> well, yeah. send them scattering. Yugoslavia part of the Eastern Bloc? I think it was a Russian. I think it was it was part of Russia, wasn't it? At some point, it was point. not part, part of the Soviet Union, Soviet. wasn't it? No, no, no. But it was a satellite state of yeah. the Soviet Union. Had a lot of influence like in there because I don't. Yeah, I got a feeling there's always been a very heavy KGB influence in that part of the world, the Baltic <laughs> section of the world. Okay, so he's uh, Sergey has sent down the goon squad down to, to go in, into Yugoslavia to go and get these guys. And um, we're going to now hit one of the best bits of the movie. <laughs> right? So for the people at home who haven't seen it, we've got a, a goon squad uh, made up of five or six Porsche five, five yep. Porsche yep. 911s, yes. right? Black. And they black, are all yep. black. Yep. Right? The biggest black. spoilers you could possibly fit on a car. That's it. And all of the drivers are wearing helmets and black leather and have black masks yep. over their helmets. And the lead car has a little radar on the, on the <laughs> yes, roof. Yes, a little right. tiny radar on the, on, the, on the roof, <laughs> which is friggin' awesome. Driven um, by our um, number two uh, bad guy, um, Morovic. Um, Morovic. Um, and then our heroes are suspiciously driving around in this awkward-looking, junky old Gypsy truck. wagon. Let's say a slightly fat-looking junky old truck. <laughs> yes. Okay. And uh, there are very many, many. Uh, I wouldn't say racist, but what do you call it? Uh, um, well, there's certainly a anti uh, of um, gypsy, some stereotypical. Gypsy the Arabs tropes have hooked noses, and the gypsies have overloaded mm. car stereotypes. Mm. Just yeah. they, they really, really play the stereotypes yeah. very strongly. Yeah. So the gypsy van has to be loaded over the front and over the back, and parcels and wide as two lane roads. Nothing else could overtake it. Yeah. And the motor has to sound like when he shifts the gears, it needs to go. Yeah. All right, and the, yes, and the bad guys. Now, in the movie, the, the the guys driving the black Porsche 911s are some sort of precision driving team, right? So when they turn corners, you know, they... Yeah, they are, they are the KGB Pursuit Squad. They are superb drivers and they are dedicated killers. That's right. Dedicated killers. Dedicated right. killers. That's what <laughs> being described. You imagine the job ad for that. Yeah. <laughs> You're not taking it serious. He's only uh, yeah. yeah, he's a, he's only partially enthusiastic killer. <laughs> so let's see your resume. What's your portfolio? <laughs> All right, so these dedicated killers. So eventually, you know, they start tailing the the heroes and then they they start looking menacing and the, the heroes are kind of looking in their rear vision mirrors and Natalia's like, oh, freaking out. She knows who they are. Freaking out. That's right. She knows it's Sergey come to get her, mm-hmm. and they're in deep trouble. Um, but 
fortunately, Condor Man has everything under control, and he mm-hmm. presses a button on his on the car, they start and then to they lower sink down, down in lower the cockpit down. of the truck. And then they're, they're bathed in a green light. That's right. And um, the top of the truck is just all fake. It's just a fake top, and it all falls away. And um, there is a there is the condor car. What's it? The condomobile. Is I don't it, know what it's called. The it, condor car. I don't know what it's called. They should have named it. I don't they think they named it. They should have. No, they didn't name yes. it. The condor car. Maybe the condomobile. condomobile. That'll do us. And it, and it, it, say, it zooms out from underneath the shell of the gypsy yeah, it drops truck. drops away the shroud. And then the chase begins. And the car is, is called a Nova Sterling. And you know how I know that? I'll tell you. I need to wear that. Because I went to the Internet Movie Car Database. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't you find the, internet-, the internet, gun, internet Movie Gun Database? <laughs> yep. That, that exists. This is the Internet movie car database now for those who are at home and can't see this including my compadres here what what i am looking at is the condor man page and there's about 52 small thumbnail images of every car in the movie okay nice and there's like traffic in the movie Right, traffic, <laughs> right? So, and and all of the cars are named. So we've got a Fiat 500, we've got a Lotus E-Spirit, we've got a Mercedes-Benz 450. I love the dedication of the internet. Thank you to the internet. All right, everything so... Everything is in there. Everything yeah. literally is in there. Um, movie car database, maybe um, 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 Dave's looking for it at the moment. Do you um, know... Yeah, there it is. That that Nova, Nova Sterling, um, that was a, a kid car? That you could get that scent, um, like the chassis, which is a fiberglass chassis, that you could actually build it at home, provided you get you, you order the parts. What you can get a, yeah. a luxe ve- version that comes even with with wheels and steering wheels and interiors, mm-hmm. or you can just buy the basic version, which is just the chassis and the windows. And you just put it onto car another or car. The Rocknovich car. The actual the actual Nova Sterling that that they that's, that they used in this film. That's the base car. Yeah. Wow. Nova Sterling. Yep. Uh, that's the car they use in the Cannonball Run, Cannonball Run, I think, which oh, is what okay. I found yeah, out from yeah. the internet database. Yep. It's a damn cool car, Nova Sterling. Anybody listening at home, open up a new tab, type in Nova Sterling. It was designed, the designer who made it, designed specifically for the people who watch it drive past and not for the owner. <laughs> that's what, it, what his design ideas were behind it. I need to have a car that everybody wants to look at. Okay. Nice. He achieved it, yeah, for sure. All right. So there's this epic car chase, and I timed it. It's 10 minutes worth of car chase. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it's pretty cool. Um, now, once the condo, condo car has been revealed, it's filled with Bond-esque secret gadgets. So what are the secret gadgets, and what do they do? There's um, fire. Yeah. Flamethrower out the back. There's a flamethrower out the back, mm-hmm. yep. What else? What else? There's laser beams out the back. Yep. Two yep. packets one, of lasers. <laughs> one, a packet that shoots down one in the, the middle, middle and one on the road and one on the, the sides. <laughs> and uh, those those allow things. our precision driving team to carefully dodge the lasers by like coming together by like and shuff- splitting apart. Yeah, yeah, like shuffling a car. Uh, awesome. uh, right. You know, uh, cutting I mean, you and shuffling a deck. Rocknovia is very seriously after that. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it's got a bloody ramp, which defies right. all laws of That's transforming. Right. Sort of so a, the car is a, a sports car, ramp. so it's kind of ramped at the front, but, but extra ramps come out to make the car into a drivable stunt ramp, That's right. which is useful when somebody's attempting to ram you. The user interface inside the car is interesting. Big, yes, massive yes. buttons. <laughs> yes. And two many? inch by two inch buttons. How many buttons? Every time he wants to do something, he has to press like 10 buttons in a certain yeah, yeah. loaded sequence. And, yeah. But there's only like nine buttons to press. <laughs> and I've got the sense he didn't 100% know what any of them did. She said, oh, let's try this one. And it has a green CRT monitor inside. He ends up dispatching all of the Broknovich except for Morovich's lead car, yeah? yeah? Mm-hmm. It dispatches mm-hmm. two with a flamethrower and two with a ramp. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so once he's defeated those enemies, he then escapes by doing another another Bond trick, oh, kind yeah. of a Bond trick, yeah. with his last trick up his sleeve. Very the car Bond-esque. turns into a hydrofoil, and it turns into a hydrofoil? Is so that what it's called? Well, that's off, what off they the end say. Of the pier, doesn't it? They say, uh, Morovich says, it turns into a hydrofoil, but really, it no. It's I mean, it just had some yeah. inflatable pontoons on the side yeah. and it drove was already on about, Yeah, Hydrofoil is a bit more advanced yeah. if we want to go be that pedantic, and, and we do. Okay, then. So he escapes, and then we go back to um, Sergei, who gets a bit pissed off. So that's that's his boss, and he has another shouting fit. Um, and um, this is where they realize the Russians actually somehow, never really explained in the story, somehow they know that um, Woody Wilkins is just a comic book writer and they've been defeated uh, at by this At this stage, not. At this stage, he just... He says one of the famous movie tropes where he says, according to my calculations. No, 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 that comes later. He does say that he's a comic book writer. They've, they've yeah. worked that out. Already and at then, that point? Yeah. He's yeah, not yeah. reading the comics yet. Because no, 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 point, no, 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 no. Okay. This is good storytelling, at least in this bit, because mm-hmm. in the next scene, he'll he's he's gone down to the shop and he's bought the comic books. At this point, he calculates where they precisely are going to land in because, Italy. Because he's... Oh, that's right, because of the fuel in the car or whatever it is. You know. I, they did not explain what. He just says, according to my calculations, they should land here. And he slaps the car to Italy with his, with his riding cane. <laughs> yes. And that's exactly where they land, so they can find so them the next day. Somewhere in, in northern Italy. Yeah. All right, then. So with that level of accuracy, this is a little bit dubious. Um, we cut back to Woody and Nat, and they are somewhere in northern Italy somewhere, and they tiptoe into a barn. So they've obviously landed the car somewhere, and they've, they tiptoe into a barn and then they're immediately caught by the cops for some reason the next day the next morning yeah um, and, arrested. and so they're, they're in they're in jail. Yep. And then because we just don't want the plot to be like just sitting around doing nothing, Harry just turns up and rescues them there. Well, he read it Harry. in the newspapers. Oh, did he? They're being well. Yeah. The, so the, the Oliver Reed put it in the newspapers, in the Italian newspaper, that they murdered somebody in Morocco. That's right. And the Moroccan police wants oh, that. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Yes. And Harry reads the same yeah, thing. Monte Carlo police. On Monte Carlo. Sorry. Yep. And uh, puts on a fake mustache and a belly. Yep. And we have another beautiful movie trope, which is that the police guard guarding the people always has to sleep on the job. <laughs> they always have to yeah. sleep. Yep. One guy. Yep. So they bust him out of prison, and then we have one of my actually one of my favourite scenes in the in the in the movie that I thought was just really cool um, is that uh, they're running through the town, and then Morovich and um, 
and his goon squad, he's got another goon squad and a spare goon squad, they turn up. So they, the good guys see the bad guys, the, the good guys turn and run, the bad guys chase. And it's a second all chase them, for the film, isn't it? It's a foot chase. It's a foot chase. Mm. But um, all of them immediately end up in a church where there's a wedding they have going. A, they have a brief Batman moment where you can't get rid of the people. Mm-hmm. You know how in the Batman movie where you can't get rid of a bomb? Uh-huh. Yeah, they yes. run down one road and there's the bad guys. They turn around, they run down the other road and then there's two yeah. guys with a ladder. Yeah. And then they run up the other road and then there's a wedding ceremony. And they run up, <laughs> you know, they, they keep getting hemmed in as they run down these n- narrow roads in Italy. Yep. And then they join that wedding ceremony and go into the church. So let's go through what happens in the wedding ceremony because I think this is really cool. Um, so there's the bride and groom. It, harsh, you reckon? It is horrible what she's doing to that poor bride. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. It's it's very horrible. So, so they're in there's a they're in the audience uh, for one of a better term, and they're sitting in the pews. And Morovich yeah. and the goons break into the church. And um, as they start to walk towards them, Natalia comes up with the idea of um, uh, she's got to got to she's got to save them, causing somehow, a so commotion. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So she, while they while the marriage is going on and it's just about to be finished, Natalia stands up and says, "You can't marry that woman You're because that to me. guy is married to me." <laughs> and so the the guy who's married to her turns around and uh, says, "You know, no, I'm not." And so they have a little bit of an argument. And um, well, she ends up then, um, she ends up saying um, something about her uncle, and he says, "Who's your uncle?" And he turns she turns around and points at Morovich. So that's my no, uncle, no, and I, that starts a fight between the groom and Morovich, and then all hell breaks loose, and they sneak out. I've got the scene down here, and I think it's really oh, lovely. It's really well put together. She says, um, she says, uh, she says, "I'm not your your wife," and then she says. Uncle Luigi and I have come to take you home. Don't you lay a hand on me. And because he's, he's grabbed Natalia by the shoulders. And so it, then, the, then the groom says, yeah, who's going to stop me? And that's when she points immediately to Morovic and says, Uncle Luigi. <laughs> anyway, so then this big fight starts happening. Even between two old grannies, that's yes, that's that's the best they're giving right? it to each other. You, you, you. If you slow that shit down, I think there's a, maybe a little bit of uh, history between those two old girls. <laughs> so there's this, yeah. The, the thing erupts into a big fight, and for some reason, two grandmas in front of the camera start like having this because big it's sh- shoving because match. Headlock. The two families, yeah. the family at the right and the family yeah. at the room, um, join in. Yep. And, and they uh, just got so enthusiastic with all of the fighting that they just decided to... I think uh, the, the most enthusiastic ones are the Alta boys who are sitting there giggling and grinning from <laughs> year to year. <laughs> until the, 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 until the, uh, the cleric takes them into the back room. All right, so after that they escape and then we kind of reset. We're back to where we were before. The, the, the good guys are loose somewhere in Europe and the, and we're back in Monte Carlo or Moscow or wherever it is and Sergei's pissed off again. Um, and this is where he has the comic books. And so he's gone down the shops and he's bought some comic books because mm. he knows Woody's a comic book artist. That's right. I think they're now in Monte Carlo at this point. Yeah. At some point yeah. we see them make that move. And so there's a cool scene where the um, frustratedly angry and explosive um, Kharkov is like quietly reading a comic book and, um, you know, some other stuff's going on. And then it turns out that all of the secret stuff that Condor Man has, all these gadgets and stuff, they're all in the comic books. Yeah. And and he knows where, where 
Condor Man's next move will be because he can now, read the comic books. The, the movie is confusing. I was confused by the timeline because the CIA builds all these gadgets in like a weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm also confused by the whole premise of the of the whole film is that we have we want to show these gadgets, right? I think Disney wanted to probably sell toys. Mm, yeah, that was probably in the back mind. So they want to have all these gadgets in the film. How do we make a film about a gadgets? Because we have a character, a, a, a comic artist, comic book artist, who will only use things once they are tested. So he is obsessed with those gadgets. Mm. Yep. And yeah. so here they, they they turn it the wrong way around because yeah, yeah, he has not had that car yet. He has not had. These are older comic books that he has already written, which have the escape over the Alps and the and the car the car that turns into a boat and all these things. So they 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 invert kind of, the, the the theme premise. that they were going yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And but not only be, that, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, but wouldn't it be because like a car works, a car a car can work, a boat can work. But the idea of the wings was that it cannot work because it hasn't been done before. Mm. I thought that was the, the point of testing the wings. Yeah. Uh, it comes to the rescue of Disney. Fine. The plot comes <laughs> to the rescue of the story. Because um, what happens next is a bit like what Tom says. Um, Natalia um, kind of find out finds out that Woody's just a comic book artist and he's not the super super superhero that she thinks he is and that kind of happens because <clears throat> she sees herself in one of the comic books the kids in the town have a comic book that has laser lady in it which mm-hmm. is Natalia that's right every <laughs> single kid <laughs> that's yeah. freaky that is that is that is some some Red rum sort of stuff. It's a, there. It's a little All bit ju- that's, that's scary, freaky. It's a little bit weird how quickly yeah. that got out to print, and how yeah. quickly it got to Italy, and then they bought yeah. it, and then they read it, yeah. and how good enough the drawing was that the kids could recognize her. And she the moment, could the herself. moment they walk into the town, all the kids stare at looking anyway. at her. But anyway. Uh, now there's an interesting um, story plot point here. Again, it's another one of the tropes. Is that we have the we have Natalia, uh, Natalia, who kind of loves Woody, but she loves the superhero version of Woody. When she finds out that he's just a comic book artist and not a superhero, she's kind of like, "That sucks. I don't like him anymore." Yeah. Right. Again, they have to have they they're following the the hero's journey, and they have to have that point in the story the yeah. low point the all yeah. is lost moment right so they so, quickly sort of wave a wave a soggy lost all is lost moment at the camera and then they throw it away and they've taken very it off quickly the, the, like the exactly within 30 exactly. seconds so what she's happened, dancing with what him literally happens yeah, yeah. but how is that resolved how Nothing. is that part of the story resolved? oh she shrugs i think she shrugs and goes oh okay yeah no no not quite pretty much <laughs> It's Harry. It's pretty much, you're right. But it's Harry, right. Woody's yes. mate, who says, ah, look, Natalia, look, look, let me uh, let cool. me come and explain. Yeah. And then the camera moves away and then it's all okay. Yeah, so we assume like, that Harry's done a good job. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. but we didn't get Talked to see him it. Up. And, and more importantly, Woody didn't do anything. Yeah. Normally yeah. what happens with those things is Woody proves that even though I'm not a superhero, I've got a heart of gold mm. and I've got, you know, some other thing that you can like. And she's like, oh, okay, I like that then. And then they're happy. 
but no. It's very much what she is like. She's very, very, very understanding. Yeah. Well, anyway, then we get the next toy because they're going to go up the Swiss Alps, up the Matterhorn or something or other, and there's one of those cable tow things for the – for the what are they called? The mono line cable things, yeah. cable cars. Thank you very much. And they have no, not cable cars. Cable cars are in San Francisco. Yes, you're right. What are the things that gondola. hang from ropes? Gondola. Hang, gondola. hang from ropes that go up big hills. The ropey dangly yeah. cabin. Yeah. The ropey dangly cabins. They have them. <laughs> and instead of using the ropey dangly ca- cabins, yes. Yeah. They Where are the ropey dangly cabins? Why is that rope spanned all the way up to the Matterhorn with no ropey dangly cabins in the way? That's right. <laughs> yes, I know. Because they, they attach their scary. own rocket dangle dangly things. That's right. Yep. So they can zoom up the wire. But the yeah, jet they don't, mm. jet, they don't Everything's bang into jet. anything. Yeah. All of his, mm. all of his stuff laser. is jet powered. Have you noticed? He's the car was jet-powered, the yep. boat, the, and the, uh, the cabley gondoly things uh, were jet-powered. It's the way of the future, mate. Jets and lasers. Jets and friggin' laser beams. So they're, they're zipping up the, the thing on these rocket on these rocket sleds, and Sergei, the evil Sergei and Karkov, are Krakow. up there with a Krakow, a cracking no, it up. What? What's, what's his name? Karkov. Okay, I'm going to have to, you, you continue, Krakow. I'm going to check, because that doesn't sound right. Krokov. That's it. Krokovich and Krokov. are up there at the top of the hill. Yeah. They're already up the top of the hill because they right. read the comic book, right? Yeah. And they have a sniper rifle. And so what do they do? Shoot the They pole. shoot things that aren't people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We want to kill them. So don't shoot actually them. Shoot <laughs> things that aren't them. Probably one of the worst physical effects in the film is the falling <laughs> yes. dummy. Yes, yes. So there's two mannequins that fall out of the sky and uh, land in the snow. That's right. That's her what scream happens. was awesome. She that was yeah. one of the best movie screams I have. I can remember. Yeah. And that that sequence, that scene in the in the helicopter is interesting. We'll talk about it later. Um, but her reaction. Um, in that acting moment was um, there's some trivia about that or Tom Tom might even know about it we'll talk about oh that. the helicopter Oliver Oliver Reed's acting yeah. choices yes in that moment were interesting okay so um, I think that's pretty much it um, they for the act two they capture um, um, Rambova Natalia. I have one question yeah, I missed something here yep. This entire film, this entire defection, she clings on to a big-ass sack. So I'm thinking, what's in oh, that sack? Yes, Why yes. Does, they, does she always it's carry a, that sack with her? It's a, But it, now what's they're the, on the jet rocks and she's only wearing... She, she, she dumped the sack somewhere. <laughs> and obviously whatever it was, it was not important after all. It's, um, that was and it was bear. an expensive... That was a toy bear. That was oh, an that expensive was a bear costume. Sack. Um, <laughs> was a what's the luggage? What's the um, very expensive luggage that you can get? And it's got like the logo of the company repeated on the as the pattern on the luggage. Can you think of it? I oh, know oh, you Louis yes. Vuitton. I think it's a Louis. She was carrying for that whole period a Louis Vuitton bag. Um, and you're right. Like it's it's this major thing that she consistently has to carry, and then just out of nowhere, it's gone. Just it's gone, and she's just wearing a suit. Yeah. 
I, I hadn't noticed that. What happened to that bag? Mm, what was in the bag? They were going to make a second movie, but they didn't. Yeah, that was for the sequel, probably. Maybe yeah, that was, you know, the Hunt for the Bag. Yeah. Yes. Hunt for the Bear Sack. That's right. Yes. Bag strikes. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was trying to think Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Bag. Anyway, okay. Um, so she's back in the hands of um, the evil Sergei. Krokov. And now... Krokov. And now we're into Act 3. Yep. So, um, they're in Monte Carlo, and this thing with the Arabs is probably the thing that's happening. The, we had something to do with oil, maybe, but it was something oil to ministers. do with Arabs, yes. the, Arabs and Russians and oil, and something's happening. And yep. We don't quite know, yep. or at least we couldn't work out. Well, I couldn't work out. Mm-hmm. Some party. And so, obviously, Woody dressed up as an Arab sheikh dude, busts into the joint. That's right. He's acting as the seventh richest man on the planet. Another all all is lost sort of thing because she gets abducted and at the same time the CIA pulls the plug on the mission. That's right. right. They say the mission has been a failure. We're all supposed to return. And Harry says, no, I cannot leave her. Give me two days. Mm. True. And so we have another time warp thing where in two days he gets the bloody shike persona yep and a speedboat and a helicopter organized and everything yep. behind the backs of the uh, cia boss mm-hmm. behind of uh, diana ross's back there is a throwaway but, line in there that i thought was interesting woody says i thought i had um was it something oh the keys to fort knox yeah the keys to yeah. the keys to fort knox and like i can have whatever i want including the keys to fort knox and harry says yes of course yes you do but um we've the orders have changed so at some point the cia gave, gave woody the keys to fort knox <laughs> i think there could have been easier ways that we got around and the way to keep money. them for another two days is by saying oh just tell them you didn't see me yeah just tell them i had already left yeah and therefore the CIA builds him all that other shit. <laughs> it's, an odd, it's an odd choice to have that, that story beat in the end of the story there where it's like the CIA has now stopped the mission and then Woody says, no, 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 let's just keep going. Let's 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 finish it and get the girl. And it, But that never pays off. The CIA never come back and say, oi, we told you to stop the mission. Yeah. Or there's no countdown where they're like, their bank account's going to run out at exactly yeah. 12.30 and they can't spend the money. So why was that even in there? It's weird. Indeed. Okay, so um, there's like, I, I think we should wrap it up pretty soon because there's only really one or two more beats to go. But there's some weird beat that was just really didn't work where he's dressed up like a bloody idiot again and Natalia's there and, and you know, for some reason Natalia decides to say that she doesn't love him because, you know, you know, well, she displayed that she was a bit of a grump in yeah. the earlier bits, and she's like, "I don't love you, and I don't want you to rescue me." It's, it's all about suck. love, Dan. Um, it's this is all about how she loves him, but doesn't want him to get killed by Krokov. So she says, that it's, is "It's the, the old, idea. you know, where you've got to set, you know, when what's." Um, Harry and the Hendersons, where they got to let the Bigfoot go. Um, he's one of the family, and the only if way he can be safe. Love them. You have to. Let yeah, them and, and he doesn't yeah, want to yeah, go yeah. into the That's forest. So he says, "Go on, get That's out of here. Go on, you 
you're a dumb animal, whatever. But really, uh, they, they don't feel that way. I think that's what's going on in that scene. Is she's yeah, saying, that, that's I hate the you. idea. Mm. But yeah, it just but doesn't work. Thirty no. seconds later. Yeah. Thirty seconds later, Krokov comes and takes her away, and she wink, wink, nudge, nudges to yeah. to Woody <laughs> yeah. and says, ar, ar, the, the the dip. You bring the dip. I bring the Dostoevsky, yeah. which is a little code yeah. to tell him that he didn't really mean it. So why does he say thirty seconds previously? Yeah. Because it's a trope that they need to tick off. Yes. Yeah. Just like the, just like the the CIA pulling the plug thing. Yep. They say it. Yeah. It has no bearings on anything whatsoever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So throw that in. That was really confusing. And yeah. Anyway, but that's all good because only a minute later we get to the good bit, and the good bit is that there's going to be a laser boat chase that happens next. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. They um they escape you know whatever they escape but they get onto this boat and now we get out the well, condo es- boat. It's worth mentioning, even though we're we're pressed for time. How did they escape off the um, villa on top of the mountain, Dan? Uh they they had a diversionary explosion to blow up the whole the whole friggin' everything. That's right. And the whole time Woody was off. wearing underneath the cloaks, underneath the robes of <laughs> yeah, the Arab, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was wearing yeah. the wingsuit. Which yes. he proceeded to extend out to its full reach, which was seven meters wide, all packed <laughs> underneath his robe. And she jumped on his back, and off they flew down to the uh, to the port. Yeah. The thing I thought was a, a little bit disappointing is obviously he's hanging from a, like a crane, a helicopter in some instances. I think. Oh, was it? Yeah, was it? And um, I don't know if I was going to be flapping those wings, and I was the director, I'd be like having these big, graceful. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. To fly. Yep. But Woody in his thing is like this sort of hummingbird vibrating sort of flight <laughs> pattern. It's like this yep. Yeah. It's more like <laughs> Absolutely. The the big um the big marketing spiel when Superman was released was you will believe that man can fly. Right? It was that was the one liner that they released uh, as a stinger in the in the theaters. And a lot of the reason why that movie was so successful was the flying wire scenes because Christopher Reeve was a pilot. He was a he he flew Cessnas and he understood how to bank. He knew okay. the he knew the aerodynamics of how to lean into corners and mm. and sort of you know dive left and right and all this sort of stuff. You could tell whoever was at the end of those wires didn't understand <laughs> the same premise at all. And you're right; it looked like a sparrow instead of a condor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly true. One all of right. the uh, one of the uh, loglines for this film, if you read it. Um, or maybe it was on a poster or something, is he spies, he flies, he deathifies. <laughs> he, he hangs. Which is another <laughs> Superman nod. <laughs> yeah, nice. Mm. All right, so the, the, the wings work this time and they land and then they get on the Condor boat. And the Condor boat is one of those racing boats that sort of goes super fast and it's all yellow in his Condor man colours. And it and essentially... They have matching uniforms as well and matching helmets. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, matching yeah. They're all looking fans. super cool. And um, so Harry, all the whole team's there. Harry's driving and um, and the bear is on there as well and, uh, and Wood's in there. And um, uh, they um, and it's got a laser gun on it. It's got a laser gun in a turret. Friggin' laser beams. A friggin' laser beam. And they go blasting out into the ocean at a billion miles an hour. Um, But but our bad guys, they just happen to have, just in case, just in case, they just happen to have bought six 
black boats. That's right. And <laughs> it was boats, probably. essentially it was <laughs> the water. That's boats. right. It was the water version of the Broknovich. Uh, it just <laughs> happened to be team. down in the harbour the in their black boats. <laughs> the, B- the Broknovich B team. Dan, is, <laughs> there, is there an internet uh, boat database perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> there freaking better be. There probably is. Did you notice that there, there are three chase scenes in the film, right? There's the Porsches. There's the boats. Mm-hmm. What's this? What's the third chase the, scene? On foot. That's on right. Foot in Italy, in really poor um, ankle high, neat um, Italian suit chase scene through the, <laughs> through the cobblestone streets, but there's still a chase scene. There are three distinct chase scenes in the film, and this is the last one. So um, the the Morovic and um, Sergei Krokov mm. are both on. One of the black boats. Well, right. the, the, and first the, the minions' boats come after them. They get dispatched and, and Woody and co. think they're away. But then Krokov and Morovich come out from behind some cove and it's a one-on-one chase sort of thing with rockets. And they have the uh, boat with a bloody It's like a boss-level boat That's as right. well. It is a boat. It's, it's Big not- scarab. Okay, so so the the other black boats they look cool, mm. but the the boat that Morovich and Kharkov are in, that's like... <laughs> That's like manly level fucking spiky black cool, yeah, right? Yeah. It's fucking enormously cool. And all of the boats have rocket launchers on them. That's right. Right? All of the black boats have. So they're all flying around and they're all zoo, zoo, and they're, they're, they've Woody's, got this. Woody's like, got his little laser. His laser beam. No, no, no. It's not choo, choo, choo. It's like, it's like, um, no, no, no. It's jump, 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 jump. <laughs> ジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャンプジャン
you know, he, yep. he was the one calling the, the shots. They must be, have gone over the over the border. The, yeah. the, the Tropa didn't have the jurisdiction to get that close to Morocco or something. Well, Russ, right at the very start, when he was presented with Woody's plan and he said, look, this is ridiculous, he probably put, we didn't see it on screen, but he probably said, look, we've got helicopters. We can just go yeah. and get her. He said, no, nope. <laughs> I want you to build the car. I want you to build the boat. Morocco? <laughs> yeah, yeah, put in your helicopter, but put it, do it at the end. Yes. Where's yeah, Morocco? You, no one's in Morocco. He said to them, he said to them it's did Monte you Carlo. read episode three? Did you read episode three? <laughs> there are laser boats in episode three. There is no helicopters in episode three. <laughs> Nice. All right. So the so, uh, right. bad guys are dispatched and uh, the good guys get away. The good guys go home and they start doing American things. They mm-hmm. watch sports ball they, or something or other. They sports ball. Doing, You're right. They're eating hot dogs and yeah. they're all being American. Having a smooch. Awkward they're moment when she gives a lips, a lips kiss to Harry in the stands. That was a little awkward. Um, but then what? I, I like that last, the very last thing where up in the blimp is Russ with his higher up and the, his higher up is saying, no, they, we have to use these guys for this mission. And Russ is saying, no, uh, that's ridiculous. He, he's not a trained agent or whatever. And then, um, so Russ uh, has to radio down to Harry in the stands of the stadium who's talking through his cigarette Marlboro packet. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this little aerial. <laughs> and I like that... Um, it, it, there's no way in the modern day can we end a movie on a freeze frame of the uh, characters, but this movie ends on a freeze frame where oh, Harry whispers into, into his ear and say, have you ever wanted to... And then you see this grin come across Woody's face and it's a freeze frame and that's it. Roll the credits, we're out mm. of here. Credits. Not even, not even roll credits. Well, I don't know. The version we looked was end, an evaluation version. It. There may have been <laughs> credits, Tom. No, that's <laughs> what even, even on, even on uh, IMDb they say something about. Oh, in those days, a lot of films had and had, had the credits at the start. Uh-huh. And with this one, it's the same. It's just yeah, the there end, may have. I know that there that was, was one shot in the very start to the animated sequence that we see the animated character right up in camera with his goggles, and in the goggles are a whole bunch of things like set design and and sound design. There's a bunch of names yeah. in his goggles that don't normally yeah, yeah. appear in opening credits. They're the sort I of names have, you see yeah, at the end. Not these days, but back then, a lot of black and white films had the credits at the start and yeah. at the end. Yeah, people it's just got up and walked out of cinemas. They weren't hanging around for credits. All right. Usually so had let's, the next one starting. Let's wrap this up. I'm going to wrap yeah. it up with um, the last two things. One is a log line, so I'm going to summarise the story in one sentence. Mm-hmm. When a cartoonist falls in love with a spy defecting to the West, he must use his comic book gadgets to become the comic book creation condor man and defeat the revengeful pursuers. Yeah, nice. Accurate. And lastly, uh, the last thing I want to do is just a comment. So I pulled out a comment that I just thought was perfection um, from somebody on the internet, Charles M. And he says, um, not one of Disney's proudest moments or the greatest movie in the world, but one of my personal favourites. And then he proceeds to give it one star out of ten. <laughs> Which is more so about that guy. It's more about that guy than the movie. Not one of Disney's past, but one of my personal favourites, 
one star out of ten. <laughs> and because his rating that, is objective, not subjective. Yes, when I read that, that just summed up this movie for me. I don't want to, yeah. you know, <laughs> I don't want to spoil our our thing at the end. But one of my personal favourites, one star out of ten. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was awesome. So that's another uh, that's another episode of what the plot uh, for another <laughs> film, and uh, we'll end it there. What the plot, and uh, that brings us to the end of our first episode for our deep dive into Condor Man, the 1981 Disney uh, hero classic. And uh, very, very entertaining. Uh, there was a lot to talk about, as you can tell by the length of the episode. And something tells me we didn't go as deep as we probably could have. Um, so that's it for episode one. Join us in episode two, where we're going to have a look. Uh, Rick, Rick's going to talk to us uh, a little bit about the, uh, a different perspective on the narrative, more from the writing side of things. And Tom's going to dive into some trivia related to the film. So join us for episode two. Until then, it's bye from me. Ciao. I'm a new